Welcome back to the Mummy Mayhem podcast. I'm your host, Steph, first time working mum of Nate, a happy one-year-old. I'm all about family first and adjusting to the selfless life of being a mum. I'm passionate about mindfulness and filling your cup first before you fill others. I lo- I love spending my days off adventuring with Nate and just living in the moment. Welcome back to the Mummy Mayhem podcast. With everything that's currently happening in the world, I feel the need to share my resources and support with you all. With mummers homeschooling, many not leaving their house and lives being turned upside down, I feel it's so important that we come together and support one another. That's why this month's focus is going to be all about managing motherhood in isolation. I want to invite some gorgeous mummers who are going through the same thing we all are right now. Some major changes, uncertainty and a whole lot of overwhelm. Expect experts, mummers, and even a teacher to share their experiences and mum hacks to get us through. We are not perfect. The majority of us definitely are not teachers, but we will get through this together. Remember, mummers, this too shall pass. And I'm here for you all, so please feel free to message me as I'd love to chat. The aim here is to provide you with some better resources to support you right now and feel a little less alone or overwhelmed. As promised, season two, you can expect to hear from other mamas just like you. Today, I've had the absolute pleasure of chatting with one of my role models, mum of three, Chrissy, founder of Her Nourish Kids. She is a certified nutrition coach and an author of many kid-friendly recipe books, which I, of course, love. Those muffins and biscuits I bake weekly? Yep, those recipes are from her. She also runs a 0-12 to month and 12-6 to year mealtime success program. She has many allergy and intolerance friendly tips and recipes that she shares for free. Chrissy is a down to earth mama, so much value from her social media platforms and I love her podcast, Ask Her Nourish Kids. I myself came across her page, her.nourished, when I was six months pregnant with Nate. I was looking for other mamas of or support networks, I suppose, to try and figure out how I was going to mum. Luckily, I did come across her page as she was just about to give birth to her third baby, Leo. Perfect timing as our babies are only a few months apart. Her YouTube videos on sleep routines, baby led weaning, food aversions and intolerances helped me get through the first year of motherhood. On this week's episode, we chat about managing motherhood in isolation. Chrissy joins us and shares her tips and tricks for lunch boxes and food refusals and things like that. But we also dive into how she is doing with isolation with three kids, six and under. We chat about how important it is that we lower our expectations right now and do the best we can. We are human and this too shall pass. Chrissy shares how she's keeping sane during isolation and how homeschooling really is for her whilst trying to study at uni as well. Throughout this episode, Chrissy shares a lot of golden nuggets that I'm sure will help you all better manage being in isolation with your kids. The hope is to make you feel not alone and know that we're in this together. So I encourage you to go on a walk, put the kids in the pram or on their scooters and grab your headphones and listen in. 
That way you are keeping your sanity and feeling not alone all at once. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Chrissy. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited too and thank you so much for having me. It's such an honour. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so the first questions I usually ask all of my guests is, what are you doing for self-care this week? Wow. <laughs> it's always an interesting question when you're in um, an interesting time such as now. Um, mm. Certainly isolation, self-isolation um, puts a new spin on self-care or self-love. One thing that I am incredibly consistent with, though, for everyone's benefit is sanity walks. So I kind of use them as my regroup or regather time. Um, we often head out first thing in the morning or sometimes I do a second walk in the afternoon, either with the kids or on my own. But I just feel like that little bit of time in fresh air, um, everyone's kind of moving and active. I feel like it's just key to our daily well-being. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do love a sanity walk as well and you inspired me to start. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. It's so good for your mental health just to get out in the fresh air. And I think we're really lucky that we can do that with everything going on as well. So. Absolutely, yeah, and I think a lot of people get caught up in the needing to walk for exercise, but I think walking mm. can be so much more than that. Like it can really just be, even if it's just around the block or around your garden, if you've got like a larger garden, just to get out of the space that you're so used to seeing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's it. It's nice to look at it as not a health, like a fitness benefit, but a mental health benefit as well. So yeah, I love Absolutely. it. <laughs> Um, I guess the next thing I will ask is I'd love my listeners to get to know you a little better. So who is Chrissy? That's a good question. Um, so <laughs> I'm a mum to three. I've got a six-year-old, an almost four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Wow. It is full on, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way as well. So yeah. they're my first and foremost priority. I am married on the Gold Coast. We have been living here for 10 years. We moved from New Zealand. So we came for a holiday and we just never left. We just love it. Um, love the weather yeah. and the lifestyle. And beyond that, I guess I have my own business as well. So it really came from wanting to support women and families and along the journey it's really become a mission to support women through or mums through I guess mealtimes and motherhood as well so mm. um, yeah that's kind of what I love to do and I love having that little bit of time to do the things that I love alongside being a mum as well because being a mum is all consuming and I think it's just nice mm. having that little bit even though it is in this space of still supporting mums um to not feel alone and to feel like we're all in this together I think yeah it's really um important and also been helpful for my own journey as well so yeah yeah, yeah. oh I love that thank you for sharing <laughs> I also um I'm from New Zealand too fun fact um but <laughs> my family moved over we were meant to travel for a year when I was two and we never went back well we went back for holidays but we've lived That's here crazy. ever since so yeah <laughs> Something about Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So this month's focus is around managing motherhood in isolation. You yourself just said you've got three gorgeous children. So uh, let's start with chatting about mental health. How do you continue to function with a toddler and school-aged children whilst being at home 24-7 right now? 
For sure. I'm not going to sit here and say that it is easy because it is anything but, but I think that sometimes, and I try and think of this myself so often and remind myself so often that it is a season and it will pass as tough as it is right now. And also that we're all in this together. And I think there is some comfort in knowing that we're not alone, even though we mm. are separated at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely reduced standards. Um, a lot of things I've had to let slide and they can be really hard. Like I know personally, I have somewhat high expectations of the home and cleanliness and, yeah. um, you know, sometimes those things just have to slide a little bit. So my washing is definitely piling up a little bit, <laughs> um, but it really is just focusing on the moment and what you can do in the moment and trying not to look too far ahead at, you know, the other things that might need to be done as well. Um, I know for a lot of people it's really tough because this situation obviously leaves us not being able to reach upon our support systems. And for me, yeah. my support system was having a daycare or childcare for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, so without that, it just means I've had to be so much more creative about how I use my time and really using that as wisely as possible. So, um, you know, for an example, weekends, which today is, and making sure that I tag team with my husband when I can because... I think having that time and especially I don't know if anyone else is the same but I in order to recharge I um, thrive on having my own time and just a little bit of space without noise yeah. and mm -hmm. it's obviously you know that it's not always possible to have those yeah. quiet times so yeah I think just being really clear about what you need and scheduling that and where you if you need to as well yeah. Um, yeah, that's certainly saving my sanity at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet for sure. I love that. And especially I do, I have seen before that you sometimes try and get up earlier than the kids and just make yourself feel like you're getting out the house, like putting on um, nice clothes, like getting dressed for the day. It seems like such a simple task, but we sometimes forget to look after ourselves first to give ourselves that little bit of sanity before um <laughs> you know, going towards the day. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's not even about necessarily getting dressed up for anyone else, but just about that time that you can then take on your own, even if it's only five minutes to get dressed and, and feel good, because I think that really does flow on through the day and how your, the rest of your day flows as well. So, yeah, that's definitely something key for me. I don't necessarily get up before the kids at the moment. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I still take that time to get dressed every single day and I do put on a little bit of makeup and it just, I don't know, it makes me feel as though I can conquer the day. Yeah. And I think when you feel like that, your, your attitude changes as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're setting the day up. Yep. I love that. I le yeah. Like a day up for success in a way. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time <laughs> yeah um I also have a mum of three she's one of my one of my best friends actually and she was killing it at the end of last term when the kids she chose to take her kids home before all the government regulations came in and um, she's doing really well but she did mention to me that since this semester has started back and schools implemented a work curriculum um, that she's really struggling now with the technology side of things and she has two kids both school age and a toddler so um how has the first week of school been for you? 
Yeah, I really empathise with your friend because we too, we've been home, this is week seven or eight for us, it's all blending into one, but we did the same. So we took the kids out before government regulations and we were kind of just doing our own thing and it was, I don't know, it was was tricky and difficult, but I think um, something that we found really helpful this time is knowing I've got a toddler in the house and it's it's just not possible to do so many of the tasks with a toddler because they do demand so much of your attention and yeah. I know my little one likes to jump up on the table and stomp all over my older son's work and it yeah. can be really frustrating for everyone so one thing we have done this time is again it's about dropping expectations so we've completely mm-hmm. lowered our expectations and we're just doing an hour and a half of school a day like proper school um, yeah. during that time and that's just given us I guess it's freed up that space and as soon as nap time's over it's computer shut like that's us done um, books mm. down but I do think you know I think something that I've seen for my son and I think it's knowing knowing your kids as well is that um, he thrives in different learning environments and I can see how um, easily distracted he is at home and the fact that he's got a sister there doing craft or games beside him <laughs> while he's doing schoolwork and he just cannot focus on his schoolwork so um, I've really seen I think things that I didn't see before like his learning style and I think as we go we will probably adapt even more to changing from you know maybe doing different activities that still support the school-based curriculum so yeah Yeah. it's just all a learning curve and I mean we're not teachers and I was saying that to my husband like I'm not a trained teacher I know how to learn like I'm really good at learning yeah but I'm I'm a teacher and I don't really know what I'm doing um yeah but I do think the schools have done an amazing job and I hats off to teachers right now because I think that it must be so tricky to you know create these programs and think of all the different learning styles and one it must be really challenging yeah yeah definitely I think uh that everyone is just doing the best that they can right now and like you said we just need to lower our expectations and like one of your favorite phrases this too shall pass as well so we'll get through it together again (laughs) (laughs) yes me too I feel it (laughs) for sure and speaking of learning I know you are studying right now at uni so how are you finding the time and how's that going for you what sort of tips do you have for time management with studying whilst having all your kids at home as well yeah, sure. Look, I would not recommend anyone go ahead and study <laughs> while you've got kids in um, a pandemic. It's certainly not something I would suggest. But um, and I did have the option. Um, the uni had been has been really fantastic in saying, um, you know, they extended an option if you wanted to defer. But I'd already done over half of the course and I always keep myself something that I've done um, studying regardless of a pandemic or not is keeping ahead of time when you've got kids because you know things are going to pop up life happens and and sometimes you can't or often you can't control that so for me staying a week or two ahead really helps me feel like I'm okay and I've got this Um, so um, yeah I think that's definitely a key is just staying ahead as much as you can Um, The other thing is, and I think as mums, when you learn that your children sometimes nap in such short periods of time, you learn how to get a lot done in those timeframes. 
Yeah. And I think yeah. it really made me realize that perhaps I procrastinated a lot, you know, those many years ago when I did an undergraduate degree. Yeah. Um, because in those short time frames, I really do just focus and get as much as I can done. Mm. Um, our uni's all online. So another thing I've been able to do is pop, podcast like um they have little videos so i can pop my headphones in while i'm making the kids breakfast or lunch and just listen to a lecture which is really helpful as well um and i also just i guess my focus is just doing the best i can and i'm Mm -hmm. certainly someone who previously in my undergraduate degree an a was the only option um whereas now i'm just like you know what like i've got three kids and it's just about learning and making sure that i understand the information but i don't Mm -hmm. need to get perfect marks so yeah yeah yeah. Uh that's good I like that I'm the same I feel like we're similar in that way I always want to do the best and be the best that I can but with the time available and all the other things going on in our life it's so important to like focus and kind of give ourselves a little bit of a break you know (laughs) we are human we can't be perfect with everything as long as like you said we're putting in the work or understanding the content then what else can you do really just do your Absolutely. best. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can't say, you know, like going forward, I have a um, psychology degree and I can't say anyone's ever said, well, what what, what grade did you get? Like, I don't think that's ever been brought up in conversation. So yeah. um, I think it's, yeah, just being mindful of knowing the content but not putting that pressure on yourself to do perfect work because, yeah, it's just, I think it's, uh, yeah. Unrealistic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Love it. Love it. Um, I want to switch lanes a little bit now and talk about your business. So let's chat in particular about school and daycare. Um, I know you released an ebook recently on lunchboxes. I love, I love lunchboxes, especially since all of your inspiration online with them. I get really creative now and I also usually make my son's lunch in the morning so he set out for the day another tip I got from you <laughs> um, and I was just wondering if you could share a little bit more about um, what that lunch books ebook is all about yeah sure so my um, business is her nourished kids and it's really about supporting families through meal times I know that meal times can be such a source of stress for so many families and mm. um, also there's so much noise in terms of information out there so I'm really hopeful that I can help kind of decipher the noise and put it in a realistic way for families so that it feels achievable and attainable as well. Um, So Hanarish Kids Lunchbox is really, I guess, the inspiration for the days you can't think. And I have those often as well. You know, those days where you're just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, what am I making? I don't know what to make for lunch. (laughs) Um, It's really designed so that you can pick it up, open it up, and you go, okay, here's an idea. This looks achievable. I can do this. Yeah. Um, so that was really the inspiration behind it and the recipes in there are really, um, I guess they're nourishing, they're kid approved as well. I, if I'm honest, I miss sharing lunch boxes every single morning on Instagram. That was something I was really enjoying doing before my son went to school and um, yeah. obviously at the moment like it's a little bit different and we still do a lot of the um, concepts behind it and I think the key is it doesn't even have to be in the lunch box. It's the idea of just taking that little bit of time in the morning to think about the day ahead, 
to take the stress off you because I think you know when you're constantly thinking and you've got kids going mum I need a snack mum I need a snack mum I need a snack Mm -hmm. um it can be really draining and that's just another task you do so sometimes it's as simple as you know like you said in the morning just making or thinking about what you're going to make for snacks and lunch ahead of time Mm -hmm. and it helps reduce that I guess that time and that worry throughout the day as well yeah definitely for sure I think that's so important to look at the day as a whole instead of um each meal or each snack like oh what am I going to feed them next oh no like that those things happen to me still I'm not perfect I still have days where I'm like oh we'll just play it by ear see what happens and they're they're (laughs) the days when you're more stressed so (laughs) such a great concept for sure um in regards to lunch boxes, when lunch comes around and I am scrambling in the cu- cupboards and things like that, what sort of lunchbox tip in isolation will help alleviate a little bit more stress during lunchtime at home? Anything in particular? Yeah, sure. I think that first concept from before is prepping ahead of time. So even if it's the night before, just having a quick scan of your fridge and pantry and seeing what you've got available for snacks. I know I find it really helpful even at the start of the week to either do a big chop up of vegetables and fruit. Um, I usually on a Sunday will do a big batch of either cupcakes or pancakes or waffles or something to have in the fridge. Um, Bliss balls we always have so that if I am scrambling, there's something there. Um, And I think the next thing is it's really important. I like to stress to families that you don't need to make a creative Pinterest worthy meal that's different every single day. It is okay to have familiarity and routine and consistency as long as you're getting variety throughout the day or the week. And I think particularly at the moment, you know, we can't just run down to the shops and get something when we run out. So we do have to think about our budgets and think about our family, um, you know, beyond just mealtimes as well. And, um, yeah, if you need to make the same snack two, three mornings in a row, then that's okay. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. important to remind yourself that as well. Yeah, 100%. I agree for sure. And I also get a lot of tips and recipes from your Instagram page, Her Nourish Kids. Um, and my little one loves all the muffins and things like that. He's dairy intolerant too. So I can definitely, it's so helpful that you provide a lot of recipes with alternatives and um, options for intolerances and allergies. So yes, I definitely recommend everyone to go and follow and then get some awesome recipes for sure. Um, And then in Um, in terms of food refusals as well, you have some really great tips I've seen, listened to on your podcast and things like that. What would a tip be? I have an example. Um, My son, Nate, he refuses to eat tomatoes. Um, I'm not sure. He eats just about everything, but there's something about tomatoes where he just like puts it in his mouth and spits it out. Um, What sort of advice would you have for me to, um, would I continue to introduce it? Like what, what would you do? Yeah, sure. I mean, and there's some foods that children um, and adults as well that we just gravitate away from. I really like the phrase, and this is something that I use with my own children, is still learning to like it. And I think it takes the pressure off yourself and off your child as well um, to say, oh, you're still learning to like it. And I know um, one of my sons is still learning to like cucumber but I still offer it every single day and occasionally he'll lick it occasionally he'll take a little nibble and those are wins those are actually really positive steps the fact that your son is putting tomato in his mouth even if he spits it out is actually a real positive as well Um, and the other thing is assessing 
the, the picture as a whole because often we, we do get so focused on the things that don't necessarily go right, um, the foods mm. they reject, the meals they reject, and we forget about all the good parts of their eating. And like you said, he eats most things. And I think yeah. that's so important that, um, you know, our children are still really new to eating and, and mealtimes. And mealtimes are a skill, you know, all the, the skills that needed need to be used in order to have a successful mealtime. They're all things that are learned. They're not innate. Yeah. They're not just built in us. Um, you know, we, we watch and we learn as well. So definitely eating tomatoes yourself, you know, eating the foods that your child, that you want your child to eat yourself yeah. is really helpful to show them how to eat it and show them that it's not scary. Um, familiarity and consistency. So again, serving it often when you're having it, um, but not putting it as a, a force for it. Um, yeah, like a, you must eat it. Yeah. Um, and the next thing would just be setting the child up as a detective. So this is something that works really well for my kiddies as well. And we've had really good success in our mealtime success program is asking questions about the type, like the food, um, the texture, the, what does it look like and get them to explore the food and take the focus away from actually eating the food. Um, yeah. So an example was peas and, you know, my, my daughter was a little bit hesitant to try peas and I said, well, I can hear it pop. Can you hear it pop when I bite it? And that got her really intrigued and then she bit uh -huh. it and then she, you know, went on to eat a pea. And I think it's those little simple strategies that really can, um, yeah, help when, when children aren't so keen on trying new foods. Wow, that's awesome. I love that idea. That's so great. And that's your in your mealtime success program? Yes, yeah. So we've got two programs. We've got zero to 12 months, which is really focused on introducing solids. And then we've got yeah. one to six years, which is fussy eating, food refusal, um, getting up and down from the table, all those fun um, <laughs> things that come up for toddlers and young children as well. And we yeah. really just break it down for you in ways that I guess help you feel like you've got the tools in your pockets because these things will come up. And I, mm. I think it's really important to stress to parents that it, it's normal. It's very common for children to reject food and get up and down from the table and have no attention span at mealtimes. And mm. it's just about having the tools so that you can respond and not feel stressed when those things do come up. Yeah, wow, such a great resource for everyone. Cool, thank you for sharing that as well. Um, also, in terms of healthy foods and things like that as a mum, I feel as though I try and provide my son with nutrition and healthy foods and all that kind of stuff but I do find that health does come with a price tag um, do you have any tips on budgeting recommendations and things like that yeah no definitely and I think um, you're not wrong in saying that a lot of the foods that um, especially ones that have been prepared ahead of time are a little bit mm. more pricey. And I can use a perfect example. The other day I went and got some like organic chicken nuggets that had really good ingredients, but I think we got like 10 chicken nuggets in a pack and it was $9 for a pack. And yeah. that price is just a little bit more, you know, um, than mm. a quite convenient frozen option. So I think sometimes it's bringing things back to basics and then, like I said before, um, using what you have and being okay with the similar meals over time. Mm. Um, so, for example, you might have a similar dinner two nights in a row. You might use leftovers from the night before um, for your lunch the following day. And I think those are really budget-saving hacks. 
Um, yeah. Another thing is using what's in season. So I know a lot of us, you know, my kids love berries, but they're just not in season right now. Mm-hmm. So we swap, we've swapped up our fruit and it's exciting because we get to try new fruits as well. Um, but it's also about talking to your kids and being like, you know, this isn't in season right now. And, um, you yeah. know, paying $9 for a punnet of strawberries isn't necessarily, you know, budget friendly as well. Yeah. Um, what else in terms of budget tips? I just think, um, yeah, making ahead of time as many snacks as you can because packaged snacks for kids, even if they are healthy, they come with a price tag. Whereas mm. you can make a really similar snack at home for half the price and have leftover ingredients for another meal as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I just, yeah, I hope that hopefully that's a little bit of health as well. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I recently purchased your ebook on budgeting and um, family budgeting and all that kind of health, healthy version of it. And I'm really enjoying the read and I'm going to use that on my next shop when I'm purchasing things that are going to be longer lasting in the pantry and all that kind of mm-hmm. golden nuggets of wisdom. So that's yeah, really amazing. exciting yeah, too. Healthy on a budget for families. Um, that's actually been a YouTube series that I've had since 2017, I think. And it's, Ooh. yeah, it's interesting because I think people do really enjoy seeing those, those easy hacks to save money. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, bulking out a meat-based meal that's a little bit more expensive with a mm. vegetarian option, which naturally often is a little bit cheaper as well. So Yeah, yeah. true. Very true. Um, again, I'm going to switch lanes a little bit. As a mum, we worry a lot and I feel like I'm going grey already and I'm only 25, so that's a problem. (laughs) But I do often worry about whether my little one is having enough nutrients in his day, eating enough. Another thing I stress about is he's 16 months and he's starting to refuse like his morning bottle, just almond milk with calcium fortified, another tip I found from you as well. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I stress that he's not getting enough nutrients, enough vitamins and things like that. So how can we ensure sure that they are getting enough nutrients every day yeah for sure and I think it's a natural worry you know as parents we naturally worry about everything (laughs) yeah um, one of the ones that's high up there as well one thing that I really do encourage is assessing the day as a whole because again we can focus a lot on the meals that are rejected or the things that aren't going right and forget Mm -hmm. the things that are doing you know are going really well I really encourage families to start a food and mood diary. And the reason being is not only do you get to see what's going on in the day, um, but if you do notice or feel that something's not quite right or you want a second opinion, it is such a great resource for you to take along to a practitioner and they will be able to help you so much faster if you've got that there, um, you know, for them to look at as well. And sometimes, you know, we've got a podcast on food refusal and the reasons why this might come up. So there's a um, food refusal checklist podcast. But, um, you know, sometimes it's short-lived and it's simply, you know, when you re- review it and you um, record it, you can say, oh, I finally know, you know, my son's learning to walk or they've got a new tooth coming through. Yeah. Um, and when you see that and then you see the change and you see that the appetite then increases again, it just alleviates some of that worry. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, so one thing that we've done with our mealtime success programs is we have a nutritionist available Monday to Friday and a support group. And we've included this as a free resource alongside our program because we do think it's really important to have that 
clinical or practitioner view if you're unsure yeah um, because they can obviously review and make sure that you know if there is a a worry about a nutrient that you have um, nutrient sorry that you have they can provide um you know examples of how you can get it in in the day and sometimes you know a lot of people focus on you know say for example calcium um, but when you actually review the day as a whole and you you know down what your child's having, that they likely might be getting that nutrients from a variety of other foods as well. And yeah. um, you know sometimes the way that we are educated about nutrition, um, you know through say school for example, is we just focus on the basic nutrients that might be really high in that. Um, you know, say for example, calcium, we often straight away think of milk, milk and dairy, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not the only source. And I think sometimes just knowing that and understanding that can help alleviate the worry. And then yeah. finally, if you are worried or you're unsure or you're not, you're not quite confident in an area, then I always recommend having a nutritionist or a practitioner review it with you. Yeah. Um, and because they can, they can review it and your own child because every child is so different Mm. um yeah so i always recommend that you see a practitioner or speak to a nutritionist if you're not sure as well yeah perfect i love that as well thank you thank you for that advice i think i will actually i think i'll go to a nutritionist and um get a bit more insight just for my own peace of mind i you're right i'm probably overthinking it and i'm probably considering all the all the worst case scenarios and in reality he's probably getting calcium from all the other foods that I don't know calcium's in you know like the hidden stuff yeah finally I wanted to bring it back to isolation at home and I wanted to chat about healthy conversations around food with our children so having an entire family home together really means that the child or children may pick up on some of our questionable eating habits and behaviours. So things like chocolate snacks, coffees, um, a drink in the afternoon, you know, wine time, a bit of junk food, that kind of thing. What is your perspective of the concepts of good foods versus bad foods? And then as well, what advice would you give on having these conversations with the kiddies? I love these questions and it is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I think if anyone's been following me for a while, they'll know that I personally have a history of disordered eating and it is one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about this area. I think when you have that background, it really highlights the relationship with your children and uh, sorry, the relationship your children then have with food. So um, it's such a brilliant question and particularly now, and I think the, the simplest way that I can think of that, I find really helpful is relating it back to yourself. So an example might be if, you know, we say we just had Easter and your child the following day is tired, grumpy, not feeling that great. And you can bring it back to how you feel when you eat too much chocolate or if you eat something that doesn't necessarily agree with you. And you can go, you know what, sometimes when mummy has a little bit too too much chocolate, I've got a really sore tummy too and I just don't feel that great. I feel really tired the next day. Perhaps that's why you're feeling like this today. And just helping them get that food-body connection, which I think really benefits them beyond saying if food is good or bad. Mm -hmm. We really encourage the use of foods like, um, you know, everyday food, sometimes food or party food. Um, And also, yeah, just relating it back to to yourself as well. You know, sometimes at the end of a hard day, mummy feels like a, a piece of chocolate. And I really enjoy that. And I think it's really important to share um you know that we can have positive food relationships with food that may even be party food and that's okay so yeah I think just taking away the stigma and the 
the language, being mindful of the language we use and mm. relating it back to you because I think that's the easiest way for kids to learn. And yeah. sometimes I also like to creep in little stories about when I was a child um, because I think we've all got these stories about, you know, when we ate too much chocolate as a child or we went to mm. a party as a child and I know my kids love hearing those stories as well. So Yeah, that's great yeah. advice. I, I love that so much. I'm going to use sometimes food, I think. That, yeah. that really resonates with me. So cool. Thank you for sharing that advice with everyone. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and just chatting to us all. And I'm just so grateful for your recipe books, keeping my meal times, you know, quick and simple and easy. I have the hard copy of Her Nourished in 30 and then I've got a few yeah. e-books as well. Um, but they're easy to pull out and just make recipes under, under 30 minutes, which is so helpful. So for our listeners, where can we purchase your e-books and programs and how do they follow your journey? Yeah, sure. I think Instagram's my favorite platform for sure. So I'm her.nourished is my main um, platform where I share most of things via the stories. Yeah. Anything specific to kids is on Her Nourished Kids. And we also have a website, which is hernourishedkids.com. And you'll find everything there as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's pretty much where I'll be hanging out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And again, thank you for coming on this show. It's been such a pleasure and I've learned so much today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Wow. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you took value from this, I would love for you to share it on your socials, leave a review, um, give us five stars. Even just send us a DM on Instagram at the Mummy Mayhem Podcast. We really love our audience and what we love most is that we get to interact with you in real life. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Say bye-bye.